This episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast is actually a broadcast that we do on AM radio. So we do a show called The Draw on 1210 AM The Man, which broadcasts in South Florida, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. We've been broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive, and we're sharing broadcasts of The Draw here on our podcast. So, without any further ado, here is the latest installment of The Draw on 1210 AM The Man, which you can also find on Spotify if you search for The Draw 1210, or uh, streaming live, again, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 1210theman.com. That's 1210theman.com. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to catch uh, episodes of that show right here on the Cigar Snob podcast feed, unless you want to hear us live, which is always fun. Anyway, here you go. Come. It's time for South Florida's only cigar talk show, The Draw. Here is Eric Calvino, Nick Jimenez, and the Cigar Snobs, live from Cigar Cellar in Coral Gables. Exclusively on 1210 The Man and streaming on 1210theman.com. Welcome. Well, hello, hello. Hello, hello to another exciting installment of The Draw. A very special broadcast. Super special. Just when you thought... A a special broadcast? A special broadcast. So, uh, today is Wednesday. Did you know that, Carlos? Today's Wednesday. Today's pre 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven Eve today is... So, yeah, sure, there's that. But it's also not the day that you typically are around. No, you're right. It is uh, it is Wednesday. I'm usually around on Tuesday. And it's my first Wednesday, so things could... I'm expecting nothing similar. Popping the Everything old is Wednesday different. cherry. Everything is different. Everything's different In on fact, Wednesdays. In fact, Wednesday, we fend for ourselves here a little more. Because normally where... Uh, well, it's really just in the spirit of you being here. I'm normally berating our audience for not bringing us chicken wings. Oh, yes. Today we have went out and bought our own chicken wings. We said, you know what? This is a special occasion enough. Mm-hmm. We don't need other people. We are independent, capable men that we can, we can, <laughs> you may have gone we too can far. acquire. You may have gone too far with independent, capable. We can, <laughs> we can acquire our own chicken wings if we want them. And that's exactly what we did, Nick. That's exactly what happened. So, so uh, that makes... The cigar we're smoking, that much more appealing, at least to me, after a nice meal of delicious sports grilled special spe, sports grill special grilled. Say that ten times fast. Wings. <laughs> so uh, we didn't do any of the normal introductions. So I am Nick Jimenez of Cigar Stop Magazine. I am here with Carlos Carluba Rodriguez. Carlos Carluba Rodriguez, right here. The cigar snobs. I'm Cigarlos. Cigarlos, I like it. That's right. I forgot all about Cigarlos. Yeah, man. It's still around. still around. Um, And we are at Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive. We are are smoking a cigar, as we typically do. This time around, we are smoking the the 601 Maduro. Blue label. Blue label. I'm always unclear on whether that's actually part of the name. Uh, I think people just call it Blue Label. I think that's part the of the case. name. I think no, I don't think it's part of the name. I think kind of like when people say Padron Brown Label. Yeah, I think it's just one of those uh, colloquial um, terms people just 
know the cigar by. It's the Blue Label 601. Yeah, yeah. Because they came out with a, a spectrum of lines, each with a different color. Blue, red. Correct. Um, black, I think there was. Right. So, so it just made it easy to differentiate between them. I'm sure the difference is the wrapper. That's what I'm right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the filler, the filler binder blend might be a little different, but in any case, 601 Blue is the cigar, or among the cigars that 601 and Espinosa are best known for for the longest time. Um, used to be manufactured uh, elsewhere and is now right, for for a long time now has been at La Zona, which yeah. is Eric Espinosa's Esteli Nicaragua factory. Um, one of my, you have, I don't, I don't think you've been, um, one of my favorite places in Italy. Mm, um, I haven't been, no. It's cool because their factory, aside from being right in the downtown of Italy, um, to the extent that you can call that a downtown, mm-hmm. uh, it's like right in the heart of the, of the city, in one of the more like quiet parts of the city. Central Esteli. Central, Central Esteli. Uh, and they have a cool balcony. So like a big outside, you know, balcony deck looking thing mm. where you're going to be out there smoking and you feel like you're in the city, but you're not at ground level. Like you're sort of over, you know, the cool like sight Very cool. to see. Um, and he, I, 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 you said they're downtown. Are they on, on a corner? Are they on an intersection that you kind of see some yeah, movement yeah. So of, of, yeah, of they're vehicles and people? Yeah, they're at a corner at an intersection. So they're like, you know, walking distance from some restaurants and stuff. So it's like stuff happening, you know. Cool. It's, and it's, uh, it's Esteli. So, you know, one minute it's a pickup truck, another minute it's a moped, and then like a wheelbarrow for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like it's going to any sort of construction situation. Yeah, um, well, you know, wheelbarrow is, is just so useful and practical. I have three. I, I, I use need them all one. The time. I don't need three yet. What do you need three wheelbarrows? One's for? my daily driver. Mm. The other one is like you know my little on the toy, weekend, little toy, the little weekend, toy the weekend, the weekend wheelbarrow. Exactly. Yeah. The one that swivels with the front. The and front, the other the one wheels. I just have. The other one I just have in the event you know that I have an unexpected baby. You gotta have like you your minivan style wheelbarrow. Exactly. Multiple people. It's Correct. If it's, if it's more than just one pusher, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Multi pusher. You got a multi pusher wheelbarrow. About. So, um, as we mentioned yesterday, <laughs> multi-pusher wheelbarrow. Multi-pusher wheelbarrow. Um, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, we are not smoking our number 25 cigar of the year. That happens Monday when one Eric Calvino gets back in town. Returns. He might be flying in the air right now. He might be up in the air right Magically, now. I hope, I hope he's in a plane. Amazingly sitting on a chair in the sky. Exactly. Just Louis C.K. Crazily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, another thing about the cigar, I, I've been a fan of the cigar since before it was a, uh, an Espinosa-only brand, before it was an EO brands. Right. Uh, Espinosa and Ortega with uh, Eddie Ortega. Correct. Uh, was it, I've been a fan of the cigar since then. It's always just been a great cigar. Uh, so it I gives had, me what I want. I had the pleasure. It's very subjective. So, so these uh, had been made by uh, uh, Don Pepin mm-hmm. way back in the day. Uh, and I want to say, like, maybe four years ago, I was at Pasión del Cielo mm-hmm. uh, in downtown Dayland and ran into You're one... downtown again, huh? Oh, from, yeah. From all, Esteli all the downtowns, to Dayland. All the downtowns. And I you ran can find into, Nick anywhere from Esteli to downtown Dayland. Correct. So I ran into uh, one Hector Alfonso, who I think you know. He's, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Yes, guy yes. From, he works with Epinosa. Yes. And he gave me... Nice guy. He gave me... See you later. Oh, our, our fearless leader, our, Alex Broch, the, the owner the of the cigar man seller dog of cave cigar is seller. on his way out of here. The um, main cigar seller of cigar seller. <laughs> He's out of here, waving his way out. 
Very casually exiting the building. He's casually brush out. Oof, brush out. Uh, but Hector ran into me having coffee there and gave me one of those original 601 blue labels mm. to smoke right then and there. And that was, I don't know if it really was, it, it was good. It was great. I don't know how much of good and great was like, age. oh, man. No, but just even just psychologically, like the, oh, oh. man, I'm smoking one of the original. You know, it's funny it you say It puts you in its headspace, right? It's like, funny you say that. That's, that so influences the taste. Like a true, true blind tasting of a cigar is ultimately, in my experience, the, the, the most objective way to really, if you really, really want to taste and, yeah. and experience a cigar for its own sake, you need to do it as blind as you can because... Any tidbit of information from the brand, from even if you don't know anything about the brand, just the way the label looks, anything about it, even if you look at the cigar, sometimes it looks a little ugly, but it's a great cigar. It just aesthetically is not the, the nicest looking cigar in the humidor. Um, that affects you know, what you think of the cigar too. So a, a legitimately blind taste test, right? You don't see it. You just smoke it and you taste it. Right. Does, is this, does that exist? Le, like a legitimate blind tasting? Legit blind tasting. I mean, I think, no, I think the only way to... Cigar. I think the only way to... Oh, you don't see it. I, yeah, I because you don't want to get influenced be, by... Yeah, you'd have to have somebody help you out lighting the cigar. Of to, course. To begin of with. course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's a way to pull that off. Um, but, I mean, the, the short of the literal blindfolding, um, I think the one way to do it is, you know, you get a little grab bag of cigars, you hand it off to a friend, and you tell them, hey, remove the labels, uh, add your own labels with just like some paper and scotch tape, and then write down what Your number key, one was, yeah. what number two was. And, and that is, like, that's what we do at the office when we're blind tasting stuff. A buddy system, cigar smoking buddy system. It's, 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 if it's useful in the, on the front lines exactly. of war, it's useful when you're smoking a cigar. Exactly. The buddy system. Exactly. And it is one of the reasons why I think people end up respecting our ratings and seeing them as being honest ratings. Um, they're honestly blind. They're honestly blind. They really are. Um, you know, and it's something that people comment on, especially people who know their cigars. Uh, because it's, it's, it's very easy, like, even if you're just eating food, like, if you're eating a meal, like, think of the, the person you like the least, or the relative you like the least, let's say, or somebody you just don't like, and they make you a meal, that meal's gonna taste like garbage, no matter what they put in there. Yeah. Because you're just in a bad headspace, like, oh, this, screw this, this person, whatever. Or even if it's somebody that's made you ten bad meals, you're already primed for, like, right, right, I'm not gonna right. like your food. Any- I might like you, but I don't like your food. So when you're smoking blind, it gives everybody an equal you're shot. A little, you're a little biased with, even, even subconsciously sometimes, with the information that you, that you know about the thing you're trying to judge, you know? Right. Just right. to give the thing you're trying to judge a chance, try to do it as, with as least biases as possible. Right. So we were talking about our chicken wings. This was your first time having a sports grill boneless chicken wing. You're right. Which some people are listening to this and they're thinking, these idiots don't realize there's no such thing. We know there we are, are no boneless chicken but wings. But do we, do we really know? You never know. I don't know. I didn't there see how There could be a farm. I, I don't see how it got there. boneless. The whole chicken is boneless. The whole chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got the structure, but just the wings don't have. So it's, yeah, not yeah, a, yeah. it's not a viable bird. It's only produced for food, for boneless chicken wings. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the, the food industrial complex has gone too far. It's crazy. I, it's you know, and that's it, what I blame Monsanto. The line. I blame Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I blame um, I blame people wanting boneless chicken wings in the first place. That's the way the wings come with bones in them. You with know, bones in them. It's that's a, the it's way really it is. Like a, it's like a built-in. You know utensil. what? I love the the meat that's on the bone without the bone. Then have chicken breast. Have the rest of the chicken. 
Have, the whole thing. Have the resident chicken. Have a drumstick. This is the best radio that we've ever done. <laughs> I don't understand the need for bu- buffalo wings. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Who came up with the idea that buffalo had wings? That's crazy. That's wild. It might be. Cavemen didn't even draw buffalo with wings in, the, in their time. We, they couldn't even imagine it. I mean, maybe it's a, it could all be a conspiracy. Somebody came around later with, the, you know, licked their thumb and rubbed it off the rock a little bit. I wonder why they, people, why are they buffalo wings? Why can they be horse wings? Life's big oh, questions. Life's big questions. Here on the draw. If you are fascinated by the level of intellectual dumb, curiosity, the level of intellectual curiosity that we've just jumped right into, you will be petrified. You know, I'm not going to leave our listeners hanging. I'm going to do. Don't tell them. Tell them all about it. I'm going to do. Uh, I don't some, even know what's happening. I'm going to do some cursory research here on why buffalo don't, wings. Don't don't cursory at me. <laughs> I want to know why they're called. I'm guessing. Buffalo it, wings. I'm guessing it might have more to do with Buffalo, New York. Maybe, possibly. You know what I had at... Okay, um, I think you're right. Bu- buffalo wings, uh, it originated in Buffalo, New York. And that's, uh, that's where it came from. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say I was watching UFC 239, which was this past Saturday. A little late here, so we're not going to discuss too much about UFC 239. But uh, was watching that mm-hmm. on Saturday at Taurus which is a bar where our friend Mike Beltran is part owner. Um, I don't know where this came from. Uh, I don't know if it's something that's a staple, like a fixture at Taurus or not. But I had buffalo popcorn at Taurus. Oh. And I thought I was going to hate it because that sounds like a bad idea. It was great. So if you ever come across buffalo popcorn, that is the move. But for right now, we have nothing buffalo. We have special grilled wings. Well, the w- buffalo sauce, I guess the, the buffalo popcorn is buffalo because it has the buffalo sauce, which originated with buffalo wings, which, right, originated, yeah, that's why. That's why. which originated in Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York by Teresa so that's, that's Bellissimo. Where, that's where one would go for the original buffalo sauce. The, exactly, which is a vinegar-based cayenne pepper hot sauce and melted butter How sauce. How about that? Mira's. Vinegar-based, so, you know, I had no idea. I thought it was not... Non-vinegar-based. Well, what would you think it was? Non-vinegar-based. No, I don't know. That's a total vinegar sauce. Right I thought there. it was, uh, you know, I don't know, oil-based, water-based. I like, I like what going... What are sauces based on? Uh, I mean, Taste? They're, they're, most barbecue sauces are, are yeah, what, tomato or vinegar? Tomato, right? vinegar. Right? I guess tomato would be one of them. Westchester sauce. Westchester sauce. Yeah, Westchester sauce. I think it's how you Westchester. I think that's correct. The yes. Westchester sauce. The Westchester sauce. Uh, I like going to places where it's like, oh, this is the home of the original whatever. Mm-hmm. So like in Chicago, the Palmer House Hilton, original chocolate brownie. That's where it was invented. Oh, wow. You know, now that you said that, you reminded me I was in... Uh, New York last year, and I went to the St. Regis Hotel, the Nat King Cole Bar, which is the classiest place you could possibly think of being at 10 a.m. on any day of the week. And at that bar, they created, supposedly, the Bloody Mary. So I had myself a $30 Bloody, Bloody Mary. Wow. It was bloody expensive. That is bloody expensive. Bloody expensive. Did they put any special stuff in there? No special stuff. Pretty straightforward. It was a very good Bloody Mary. Okay. But I don't know about $30 good. Oh, we got Curtis, Curtis George in the house. We got Curtis George in the house. Curtis George We're talking about the, the original here. Bloody Mary are you, that are you, I had. Is Curtis joining us over here? Yeah. You getting in on this? How you doing, Curtis? We are, we are a minute away. 
We are a minute away from our first break, but wow. we are going to be joined. Just flown by. On the other Speaking side of, of flying. Thing. Speaking of flying. Speaking of flying, we have a frequent flyer over here. We have a very experienced aviation expert. All right. So for those of you who are unaware, uh, Curtis is one of the regulars here. He is also a fixture in the Miami Cigar community. We are giving him headphones and a microphone. He's just going to say hello briefly. Hello briefly. There he is. Classic. Oh, total Carluba move right there. I love it. Um, before we cut to our first break of the show, congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You have survived the, the first segment. The, the first Carlos and Nick Wednesday. The kick. The, the first kick. The, the kick? No. Carlos. The first. Oh, okay, sure. Um, of the draw. So uh, <laughs> you have been listening to the draw live on 1210 AM, The Man from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive, where we've taken matters into our own hands and bought our own chicken wings. Thanks for nothing. Like Enjoy men, these ads. Like the men we are. Welcome back. Welcome. You are listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. You like that, Carlos? Man, you really drew that one out. So because we're on The Draw. Oh, oh so you oh. draw it out. Oh, man. 15. Fifty-seven. Did I sound? Did I sound like the man? You did. <laughs> hey guys, it's Nicky Menes here from Cigar Snob. I'm an editor at that magazine, that guy. and also I'm one of the people here on the draw. As a person who travels the world visiting cigar lounges, people ask me about the best cigar bars in Miami. You know how I always answer, Carlos? How do you always answer, Nick? I always tell them Cigar Cellar, located right off of Sunset Drive in South Miami. Owner Alex Broche invites you to the man cave that is Cigar Cellar. They have a full selection. Not full. They have a great selection. It's not just full. It's great. Including Oliva, my father, La Flor Dominicana, CLE, Arturo Fuente, and some excellent craft beers and wine. One thing that is not on that list is La Zona, Espinosa Cigars. We're smoking Espinosa. Mm, yes. Uh, we're smoking Espinosa's uh, 601 Blue, Maduro. which is the Maduro. Um, there's 24-hour access to their VIP member lounge if you are a paying VIP member with humidified lockers, a TV, and big discounts. If you're just one of the, you know, hoi polloi, one of the gentusa yes, that shows up here without paying for a membership, peasants, there is still peasants. a pretty great lounge. And actually, when you're in the member lounge, there's one TV, understandably, because it is a smaller lounge. However, when you're out here, there's three TVs. I don't know where to look. Four TVs. Get out of here, four TVs. What's going on here? Curtis correcting me over there. Four TVs. Four TVs. And there are big discounts. If and a you bar. Are Exactly. Uh, so there's big discounts, and also if you're a member, even bigger discounts. There's discounts all over the place. Discounts everywhere you look. Cigar Cellar is also the home of our radio show, The Draw. You're listening right now. We are live on site Monday through Wednesday at 6 p.m. We hang out, smoke, and talk all manner of cigar snobbery, sometimes with too much saliva in our mouths to do because a live read because I'm eating chicken wings. Chicken wings. Visit Alex Broche and the great people at Cigar Cellar, and they will make you a VIP. Very important papi chulo. Yep. 1557 Sunset Drive. You can call them at 305-381-0458 or go to their website, Cigar Cellar of Miami, where they have all the stuff that's in the store you can buy online. But don't do that. Come in here. Come in yeah. here. Say hello. Say hello to Jackson. He might yeah. bark at you if you weren't. He cap. may bark at you, yeah. Uh, and then follow them on Instagram at Cigar underscore Cellar. It's Cigar Cellar. And I'm not going to do the whole thing about celery and chicken wings because we got them here. I feel we satisfied. Got, yeah. They missed the celery, though. They did miss the celery. You know who's not eating celery? Curtis George. Curtis George is not eating this. That's not who I had in mind, but Curtis George, say hello to the people. 
Uh, good afternoon. How is everybody today? I got a question for you. When you were reading the names of the cigars, you missed Padron, which is my personal favorite. Padron is in there. Padron, although, you know, you shouldn't be complaining too much about that because, number one, they're not on this list for whatever reason. But number two, the more people I tell to come smoke Padron, the less Padron there is for you. I don't think they're going to run out anytime soon. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. So there's a whole, there, there is plenty of Padron in there. Um, and, and I am also a Padron fan. Uh, do you have a preferred Padron? What's your go-to? Uh, the Daily Smoke is uh, the Exclusivo, but if I was stuck on an island and I were told I could only smoke one cigar for the entire time I was mm-hmm. on the island, Which it is, would be the number yeah. 9 Maduro. Number 9, number Maduro. nine Maduro. Right. From the 1926 Anibet 1926 series, series yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Carlos? Do you have a preferred Padron? My go-to Padron, um, I just think it's, it's just the most solid medium, perfect, uh, uh, accessible representation of a Padron cigar is the Anniversary Series Exclusivo Maduro. All right, good stuff. I'm personally not picky with the Padrones. I'll go wherever, but I do have a little bit of a soft spot for the 3000s. Oh, well, I smoke a lot of 3000s. (laughs) Having said what I said, I smoke 3000s every day. I'll tell you why, because the 3000s, a, a box of 3000s, was the first thing that I ever received of value uh, for a thing that I wrote. Uh, so I had written a blog post back in college about smoking cigars as a university student in Missouri. They did not have blogs when you were in college. Oh, they did. They did. <laughs> oh, I, I just look old. Shots fired. Uh, but the, yeah, no, I had I had a blog. It might even still be there somewhere. It was. If it's on the internet. It's still there. Yeah, you know. Do you remember what it was called? I'm sure you were a aware blog? of it at the time. Yeah. No. Babalu? No, you're oh. close though. I was because I was the only. Well, not the only one, but I was a Cuban at the University of Missouri. It was called El Misubanazo. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, El, mi, right. El and, Misubanazo. And, and what does that translate to? Uh, the Super Missourian Cuban. The Super Uber Missourian Cuban. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh-huh. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, I wrote this thing about smoking cigars, and I made heavy reference to Padron. And then somehow, via the Belen Alumni Association, uh, this thing made its way to George, who then shipped me an uh, assigned poster and a box of 3000s. And so I was, I was living large, smoking, smoking 3000s for a while on the Mizzou campus Look on the way that. to class. Lobbying, lobbying Nick. You From had, such an early date, you the padrones, a, you they, they padron, saw it. They saw it. They saw the potential. A padrone poster in your dorm room. Weren't you the Mac Daddy? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Signed. Signed. Nice. It, it meant nothing to any of the people who passed through my apartment. Because <laughs> they didn't even have but a it was chance cool for to me. see it because the lights were off. Right, Nick? <laughs> I had it right over the bed just so, just the, so the whole padrone family. The lights were off. They couldn't see oh, it. Oh, boy. Did, oh, boy, did Nick, you send them a you digital? Dog, Nick. Did you email them a digital picture, or did they have digital pictures when you were in college? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, but send them a picture of what? Of the poster over your bed. No, no, I should have, though. It wasn't really over my bed. It was over the couch. But, ah. uh, well, that was your bed. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, it often was. Uh, but, yeah, it was, like the, it was the centerpiece of, what, of my Spartan. It was the only thing on the wall. It was the only thing on any of the walls. Was yeah, this except Padron. for the electrical panel and the Padron poster. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, you remember that apartment. <laughs> and I'm getting my daughter ready to go off to college now, and I doubt I'm going to send her off with the Padron poster. Oh, no, you've got to ship that. Well, you don't want is, that damn. Come on. Yeah, you gotta That's ship how that. she's going to, you know, she'll, she'll walk by it every day and remember, I've got to go get a Padron today. There you go. Um, anyway, so uh, 
We are, again, we're here smoking with Curtis George. Curtis, tell the people a little bit about who you are. The people may be confused here about what this, this new voice is. I'm just a local guy who hangs out at the cigar shop, and uh, I happen to like Padron cigars. I have a, a Facebook group called Padron Cigars 13312 with the Bastards. Oh, yes. Uh, been, a, been on the Facebook for about 10 years, like 3,500 members worldwide. Uh, yeah, that kind of exploded, huh? Well, yeah. When I started it, I was like begging people to join. I figured if I got to 100, I'd be doing well. And it got to 1,000, and all of the people that I begged to join that had no interest in cigars all have dropped out. But now I've got people there that really do like You cigars. know, I don't know if you remember or know this, but I was around at the inception of the, the Bastards. I didn't know this. Yes, I, I've known Carlos. Uh, for- I, was, I was the unofficial. I was there. But I wasn't part of the group. But I was there. No, you when, were. You were no, part I wasn't of really the group. Part of the, I was. I was too young. When well, th- that's true. I was. You guys. I didn't know anyone. But I, you know, after a while, seeing the same faces at the same cigar shop, you get to know people pretty well. What were you doing there? I was hanging out at Villar, hmm. because I had just uh, I had come back from New Orleans, and at New Orleans I worked. As, I got into cigars. Worked at the cigar shop, and Villar was the closest cigar shop to my my house at the time. And so I started hanging out at the cigar shop, meeting the guys, and that was before I worked there, and I worked there for a few years, and, you know. The friendships we make at cigar shops are pretty remarkable. They pretty are. I've, they I've, pretty much are. I've traveled well, pretty a, much. They are. I've traveled a good deal um, and have, have hit a lot of cigar shops in a lot of cities, and it's a nice group of people. Isn't it? Yeah. Engaging group of people, and... and uh, Usually a fairly intelligent group of people. I find that that's the case. Uh, Nick, I know, Nick is a prof- he does this for a living. He goes to cigar shops and makes friends. But I've done it a few times. And, and you're right. It's, it's amazing every time you go to a shop, you go to a new place. If you're able to get some time away from the family to sit and smoke a cigar at a shop, you always find a friendly regular. There's always a friendly regular. And, and I think what's cool and, about and it also... And some shops, the friendly regulars have guns. So they're... <laughs> I'm extra friendly to that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I'm a friendly regular with a gun, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so, yeah, but these guys were, like, showing off their guns. I think I was in Georgia. Yeah. And they were just full-blown, you know, show-and-tell session in the, in the nice. lounge of the cigar shop, which is, it was super interesting, but it was a first for me. Right, uh, right. I, that doesn't happen down here in Miami much. Well, there's plenty of guns in oh, I'm sure cigar shops yeah. in Miami, but, sure, yeah, yeah. No, yeah no, nobody's passing them around, that's for no. sure. Right. One of the cool things, though, is how, how invested people end up in, in the store that they call home and, and then in the, in the cigar business in general. Like in Pittsburgh, um, there's a, a place called Leaf and Bean, mm-hmm. uh, which... Oh, the, is that with uh, Crazy... Uh, Jim Robinson. Jim, yeah, Crazy Jim. Island Jim Robinson. Island Jim. Uh, and who, if you've ever come across the Leaf by, uh, by Oscar, that was a cigar that initially was made. That whole concept was developed for... Uh, Leaf and Bean for his store, and for and he ended up distributing nationally. Um, but he had one regular who was his UPS driver who would deliver cigars, who ended up being his competition. So a pretty short drive away from Leaf and Bean, there's another spot that's owned uh, by by one of his old regulars who still goes by there and smokes anyway. Right. So it's cool. It's a cool community of you know of people who you know end up uh, uh, community of competitors, Nick. Often of competitors, yeah, yeah, crazy, Incredible. crazy stuff. How friends become foes so quickly. <laughs> and they still show up. And, and they, they still, still remain up. friends. Well, uh, Jose Orlando your, Padron's Keep your friends close, funeral, but your foes closer. All of his competitors were there. Oh, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. 
Yeah, there's and there's there's a and there's a very deep respect for people for the old timers. Yeah, in the industry across yeah across uh, you know brand lines, company right. lines. Absolutely. Um, so Curtis, we have we have a few minutes left. Tell the people a little bit about what they should do if they want to get in on this bastard business. Well, and tell them about the events. Well, on Facebook. Uh, Go to f find the group Padron Cigars One Three Three One Two, and I realize that this is a, a cigar snob magazine uh, sponsored event. But that One Three Three One Two is part of the story. Is uh, the the first five years of Aficionados uh, Cigar of the Year uh, were Padrones Number Forty and Number Nine, my favorite Padron. Um, both both were number one cigars, so it was One Three Three One and Two. And I was going to add on another every year, but I got lazy and it never happened. Yeah, that'd get to be too much, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm comfortable mentioning, mentioning aficionado because at the end of the day, I have a feeling that you guys like us better anyway. We do. <laughs> so there's that. I remember when aficionado had really great editorial, and now it's just advertising. But let's... Aficionado never had really great editorial. I'm not going that you far. You can remember. I'm not going <laughs> to fire those shots. telling you, you about guys... college. Well, I can because I have nothing to do with either. Uh, so do I. the uh, the group has two events a year, one in the spring at the Padrone factory, and uh, they set up a tent in the parking lot, and there's pastelitos and uh, good food, good, drinks, good bar. Food, I'm, I, I go mainly for the pastelitos. I go for the big tent. The tent is impressive. Well, we are a big tent party. Yeah. And then uh, in the fall, usually the first or second Tuesday in November, we have a smoker at Joe Stone Crab restaurant on Miami Beach, and the people at Joe's take great care of us, and uh, the uh, smoke with Joe's is usually between 80 and 100 people, and the one at the factory in the, in the spring is usually 120 to 150 people, and it's just a good time to meet people who are of like mind and like to smoke Padron cigars and actually like to smoke cigars and hang out. Yeah, what's wild is that this, this, this all started as a Facebook group. And there are people traveling across the country just to come to these events. It, it is one of the groups that I always refer to, because I'm a. This sounds like a weird thing to say, but I am a defender of the internet. That is such a weird. People, thing. It is a weird thing. You're but a weirdo. You man. always hear people talking about how the internet and technology are destroying human connect. I see Padron One Three Three One Two in this bastard situation as an example of the exact opposite of a way that the internet and social media. As long as it, the people behind a, a group or whatever on social media have this in the back of their minds of fostering actual connection, you end up with something like this, where people actually are getting together in meet space, you know, and, and end up meeting face-to-face -face and become friends, and, and it's, a, it's a cool thing to see. Well, you mentioned that uh, the furthest that we've had somebody come for one of the smokers is we have a guy from Seattle that shows up every year or two, uh, but we've normally have people from Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, Atlanta. I mean, all over the country, people actually come to Miami for our smokers to meet people of like mind. And, and the, the last one I went to uh, at the Padron uh, offices, there was a, a very uh, successful uh, charity auction. Yes, that was a you benefit. You raised a lot of money for their school, right? They, they opened a school? Or? They're building a school in uh, Esteli, Nicaragua, uh, the Padron Family Foundation. I believe that, gosh, $50,000, 60000 $70,000 was raised. They, they yeah. put some pretty, some pretty special. Kim Bocamper was the, uh, the auctioneer. The auctioneer, yes. which was fun. That well, was a fun well, auction to see. If you weren't 
forbidding enough, he would come over <laughs> or intimidate you. He's a big guy. <laughs> All right, so with Nick that, wants to cut his head off. With that story of Kimbo Kemper's uh, intimidation <laughs> tactics. Don't cut your head off, Nick. Don't cut your head off. We are going to cut. I know, I know. I was doing the cut gesture. You know, this is my because I'm a radio professional, and now people are, you know, I've, I've been in the game a long time, Carlos. Yeah, we yeah, all do that. Right, right. We all do you're that a in veteran. radio. Everybody knows this move right hey, here. Oh, so, oh, what's up, veteranos? Uh, you are listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I'm Nick Jimenez with Carlos Carluba Rodriguez and special guest Curtis George. We will be back after this commercial break. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Draw. Eric is going to be thrilled. On 1210 The Man. We're coming at you live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive here in Coral Gables, just off of 57th Avenue and US 1. Come on by if you ever get the chance. If you're nearby, just come in. Not ever. If you're you're around now. If you're around now, actually, you should come in. We're having a great time. Get over here. We're having a great time. We Jackson? were eating chicken wings and boneless chicken wings. Uh, so basically just chicken tenders. And smoking. What are we smoking? We're smoking the uh-huh. the yeah. 601 Epinosa. Right. Yeah, 601 Espinosa, Blue. 601 Maduro, which is the blue label. What do you think so far, Nick? I'm a huge fan of this cigar. I always have been. It is um, It's a very chocolatey, but at the same time kind of bold with like a little pepper and wood. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I get... For me, every time I smoke the cigar, it's, it's what, I, what I mean by what I say, it gives me exactly what I want, is I get the body and the flavor that I want at the, at the right level. Right. I get, I get good body, good flavor, bold flavors, bold body, but mm. it's not strong. It's not overpowering at all. That's also what I say when I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> bold body. Bold body. Nice bold body You're you got there. You're bold bodied. Buddy. And uh, bold flavored. And bold flavor. Oh, I like your bold flavor. Actually, we were. Um, uh, I, I also do a podcast with Chef Michael Beltran that I have mentioned here. Uh, and we got our first two Facebook reviews on our podcast page, on the page for Bang Kong Podcast. Nice. I am a big fan of the fact that one of the reviewers referred to Chef Michael Beltran as having Cuban flair, which I'm, uh, I'm into. Um, before we came back from the break, Curtis, you and Carlos... We're talking about your shared affinity for black. Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nick, I have important news. Important news. I recently became a new dad. Wow. Nice segue. I recently. <laughs> well, it's as. It's as uh, that could it be shocks consi- your life. That could be considered important news. Yeah. Yes. You know what? It, it shocks your life the, the way that this segue kind of shocked you right now. Oh, you do, is that what it felt like for you? That's, I was trying to give you. Somewhat the feeling of what it is to have a baby. I know. It just I know. Comes I know into you. Now I it get just it. Comes at you without you knowing what's coming at you. So your baby. So is I have here. a little baby. Is here. This is baby two. Baby number two. My wife is at home taking care of baby number two, and it is. I get to experience what it's like to hold a, a very tiny, small human that you are responsible for creating in your hands, and that's a very, very unique experience and i get to do that a lot yeah now was this baby a boy or a girl this baby was a girl i have two girls now congratulations i have three oh i don't know if i'm gonna get to that point and girls are girls yeah no you're that's, that's what i hear you're not the first time the, you're not the first person to tell me that <laughs> girls are girls 
So what does that mean for you? When you hear girls with girls, what does that mean? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure because so far, um, you know, I... Because your first one is, na- is just now old enough to be girly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not a girl and I'm, I don't know what no? it is to teach girliness. I'm just, I- I'm teaching a human. I'm, I'm sure, educating sure, sure. and raising a, a human person, guiding a, a, a human person regardless of, of gender. I mean, that's the way I'm going at it. Right? Right. I don't know if my wife is maybe has more. No, f- no, I'm not saying that you lens. instructed her to be girly. I'm just saying that that she's she's now a little girly. Yeah, she's a little. Yeah, she used to just be a, a, a baby. baby. Yeah. Right, right. Now yeah, she's yeah. now she has a little purse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does you know hand gestures and you know mm-hmm. all the all mm-hmm. the stuff. Yeah, she's attitudey now. Oh, the attitude is great. I'm a big fan of your kid's attitude. She's super attitudey. She tells people what to look at a lot. Yes, she's a, a lot of optical demands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says that a lot. It's, it's pretty great. Mira. Mira. Uh, so anyway, oh, hey, James Brown is in the house. <laughs> Something feels good, baby. Maybe. <laughs> Jackson's, that's Jackson's phone going off. Speaking of James Brown, we were talking about black coffee, right? Yes, we were. What do black coffee and James Brown have in common, Carlos? Wow, well, they, uh, you know. They're they, both strong with bold flavors. They both have uh, strong, bold flavors. And they're bold-bodied. <laughs> and it's a bold sound and they feel with good. a bold flavor. And they feel good. And you knew that they would. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you guys were talking about black coffee. Uh, and, and they're black and they're brown and they say it out loud. <laughs> where, where, where would a black coffee drinker go in Miami for black coffee? Because that is not a thing that I drink a lot of. I would go to All Day. All Day is a spot for black All coffee. All Day has... If you can get it multiple ways. You can get it as a pour-over, as a, as a hot drip. You can get an Americano, which is basically uh, extremely watered-down espresso. Well, having three daughters, I spent a lot of time at the Nordstrom E-Bar. Ah. Oh, what okay. do you drink there? Americano. Americanos? Yeah. They do a good job. Yeah. Better than Starbucks. Sometimes I'm forced to get an Americano if, I, if I'm at a place and I want to get an American coffee or an American-style coffee, and they only have an espresso machine, and I'll just say, some don't even know you can even do this. I say, okay, just give me an espresso and pour a lot of water in it. Right, right, right. Education, it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah if you're going to sell coffee, at least learn the, the ins and outs and, and how, to, uh, how to make up for not having black coffee. And, right. and silly as it sounds, Dunkin' Donuts. It, it really is good. I, I hear that, do that from a lot of people. I every morning. I, I'm a fan of now Dunkin', Curtis. They changed their name. Oh, yeah, that's yes. right. We're not now, just donuts anymore. They're just Dunkin' now. <laughs> but their coffee is great. Uh, and their app is phenomenal. It's the, the only food app I use, really. And, and to use your James Brown segue, I'm going to jump into, I don't know if you heard, uh, 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 Jal Guberto, the king uh-huh. of Bossa Nova died He today, passed, yes. Which is a, a, a great loss to the world. And uh, he's the one who gave us the girl from Ipanema, mm-hmm. uh, his beautiful wife Astrid, with that sweet, sweet voice. Mm-hmm. And he will be missed. Yeah. Yes, he will. Um, I remember... Listening to the girl from Ipanema a lot when I was younger because it's my one of my dad's favorite songs. Is it really? Yeah, I would never have guessed really that. Really random, I know. I would. Yeah, your dad doesn't seem like a girl from Ipanema type. He's a girl from Ipanema type and a Wanda by Hansi Raúl type. That does seem more like your yeah, dad. That's more in line. Yeah. Um, so, Carlos, tell me about what we're drinking because I am not a beer drinker, and you have me drinking beer. So, <laughs> this is a a beer called Midnight Oil. And I'm not exactly... It, it is an oatmeal cookie stout. I can, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm, a midnight I'm into cookie it. stout. And I'm looking up right now 
the brewery. So when I say I'm not is, a beer uh, drinker, I mean I almost literally... It's from Swamphead. Swamphead. Okay. Yes. And I think Swamphead is in uh, Gainesville. And I believe I've even been to this brewery uh, celebrating my brother's graduation from law school. Got uh, it. Uh, in, in, in Gainesville, in the University of Florida. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a beer drinker. I don't drink anything carbonated, by and large, just because the carbonation grosses me out. But generally, if I'm drinking a beer, a stout like this is is what I'm going to go to. What do you think? As a, as a non-beer drinker, what's your, uh, what's your take? I mean, I actually generally like the way that uh, the beer tastes, and especially something like this that's sort of like very mealy, you know? So it's... Yeah, it it's, is because of the oatmeal. The oatmeal thing. It's, it's heavy on the gut, but it also has that like oatmeal, like subtle sweetness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I could... I will finish this glass. I will not order another one. Right. Because uh, I'm not a beer guy, but I will finish this and I will enjoy it. Nice. To the extent that I can enjoy a beer. So thanks for the beer. All right, no, no problem. Thanks to Cigar Cellar. Correct. That, have, uh, that has the, this beer and others on tap all day. And if you're a VIP member, all night too with their 24-hour access. Well, that might not be true. I don't think you can get there. You, you can't get the beer. You're right. Yeah. Uh, you can get access to their shop to, to smoke a cigar yeah. and watch TV. But you get, come here before they close, pour yourself a beer, and leave it in there. Think ahead. If you Strategize. Really, if you like, adapt. If overcome. You like <laughs> strike hard. Strike first. No mercy. No mercy. Um, you buy four beers. You put three in your locker, which is in the VIP area. Speaking of strike hard, strike first. No mercy. I want to go ahead and do a little shameless plugging for the latest issue of Cigar Snob Magazine. Absolutely. Which uh, should have shipped. It should be on newsstands or hitting the uh, coffee table at your local uh, cigar shop. It is one of my favorite issues of Cigar Snob that we've ever done. You got to interview Ed Reed. I got to the interview Ed Reed. Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Famer? He future, will be. Very future soon. Hall of Famer? Very soon. He's doing his induction very soon. University of Miami legend. Absolutely. And NFL legend. And also, NFL legend. And high school, Louisiana high school Hall of Fame. Wow. So he's in, he will be in three halls of fame. Wow. How can you be in three places at once, Nick? You got to be Ed Reed. You gotta be Ed Reed. You gotta be the one and only Ed Reed. It's funny if you if you always stay in the hall and never really get to where you're trying to go. You're always just in the hallway. Right, never in the room of fame. You're never in the room or the destination of fame, but in the hall of fame. But really, you know, isn't the hall the destination? Right, right. It's not the destination. It's the journey in the hall. Curtis has no idea what to do with this. This is, this is, intellectually curious radio. Speechless. Totally speechless. That, that's a little bit like the face that Joe Cardona was giving us yesterday. When we you had know what? If on. you don't get it, you can smoke your cigar with us uh, and just, just give us a shot. Give you us just some time. Give, 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 give us some time. We're getting give used to this whole time. radio thing. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else. But there is other stuff in the magazine as well. So, yes, there is a feature-length interview with Ed Reed. So if you are a fan... If you're a fan of Ed Reed, you want to pick up that magazine and read through that interview. It's, uh, I think it's a, a, a view of Ed Reed that you haven't seen before because we do get into a lot of cigar stuff, and he is a genuine cigar lover. He is very into this. Um, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's also a travel story from when uh, Andy, who is also your cousin, yes. and our magazine's art director, we visited Washington, D.C. and did all the D.C. things. Um, the thing that I'm proudest of in the entire issue of this magazine is one of the section heads of oh. the sto- of this travel story. Can I say it? I'll t- but I'll set up what the the okay. know, what the section is. Okay. This is the section of the story wherein Andy Astencio and I uh, visit 
art museums, and also Ben's Chili Bowl. And the section head is, The more you eat, the more you art. <laughs> I was very proud of that. This is maybe the best thing I've written all year, and I write all the time. What, is, what was, if you had to pick one experience in that D.C. trip that was the best, what was it? Just one. Any, uh, what, it, could, it could be a cigar shop. It could be a dinner. It yeah. could be, uh, what's the one favorite moment of that trip? So I had been to D.C. before, so I'm, I wasn't, like, shocked by a lot of the uh, monuments and no, all that stuff. Which, you're a patriot, Nick. Huh? Yeah, you're yeah, such yeah. a patriot. But I'm such a patriot that I reject all that government D.C. stuff. Hmm, but you've been there before. I've been there before in my... Reconnaissance? In my, huh, exactly. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, plotting. 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 What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Curtis knows too much. Curtis knows too much. No, um, my, the, my favorite thing was called... It's a, a bar called The Denson which was like a, a below-ground-level, uh, very Art Deco speakeasy-style wow. uh, bar, cocktail bar. And also Can one of the smoke? few... We couldn't smoke there, okay. no. Um, but it was one of the few places in D.C. that was open very late. So I want to say we were there until about 3 a.m., which is unusual for D.C. bars. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. That, if, if you're in D.C., I would recommend the Denson. It's very close to... Uh, I'm blanking now on the name of the arena, but wherever it is that the Capitals and the Wizards play... Um, so I was a fan of that, and I was also a fan of seeing DC and all of its, uh, you know, all the stuff that I had seen before. American my, glory with your cousin Andy, yeah, who is a newly minted U.S. citizen um, and had never seen any of that stuff before, and was uh, I'm always amused at how underwhelmed he is mm. by some of these things. So his his the remark that stands out in my mind is that he saw the Washington Monument, and in Spanish he said something to the effect of like. It's big, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not much to it. Yeah. Uh, they could have, I don't know, decorated it a little more a or bit, something. You know? A big obelisk. Yeah, just a big obelisk. And it's kind of decorated, right? The, the stones have different colors from when uh, Seems this country was in some war. Yeah, but yeah, it's more accidental. They didn't put a lot of effort into that. When your decoration is accidental, it's kind of like my dorm room. Like, I happened to get a frame from the Padrones. That's accident. That was the Washington Monument of that's, my apartment. That's our college. next HGTV show, Accidental Design, ladies and gentlemen. Started, originated right here on the draw at twelve. There you go. Man. Yeah, we're Accidental on, Design. Oh, we're we're gonna blow this popsicle stand. We're so we're we're moving on to the next phase in our Eric careers. Eric might as well never come back. <laughs> um, Curtis, are you? Uh, have you been to DC many times? Do you have any favorite things about that place? Have you flown there? I, I have I have flown to DC mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. driven to DC. I was there last summer with my daughter as we were uh, going from college visit stuff, college hopping. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, and and we spent a couple of nights there. And you know, it's funny you ask what was your one memory. We ended up at at the bakery Paul, the French bakery, and I went there also. Yes, yeah. uh, chocolate croissants and uh, oh, wow. a, a very good coffee. Oh, cool! And, and, good yeah, to know. Yeah, of all the things that we did, that's what stood out in my mind. She'd never been there before, and of course, she was blown away by the the, the this and the that. And, How right. many colleges did you visit uh, on that trip? Just two. Mm. Uh, one of which she is enrolled in starting in August, the the University of North Carolina uh, School of the Arts, but. Uh, her favorite thing was the Library of Congress. Really? That okay. is a really impressive place. I've never been there. I've seen many, many, many pictures. I've had to call them uh, in doing some really intense research into real estate in Miami. Uh, I, was, I was at the, the downtown main public library here, and the book that I needed, they didn't have it. They had you know, the, the volume before it. They had the volume after it, but the one I needed was the one that wasn't there. 
And the only thing I could think of was the, the Library of Congress. And I followed through, and they had it. I had to wait a few days, and I had to call, uh, call a contact of mine in Washington, D.C. to go in person, wait for a few hours till they brought the book down for them. Oh, wow. Send me pictures of the, the pages I needed. Um, but what a resource. And when you really think about what they store, it's just it's mind-boggling. Right. Well, Curtis, you are one of the few people with a Library of Congress library card, no? Yes, yes. That is something we did. Is she insisted on getting library cards, and we actually went and read books in the library. The tour does not take you into the library floor. It only takes you where you can look down upon the floor. And my daughter didn't want to be a peasant looking down upon. She right. wanted no, to no be peasants around. She here. wanted to be looked upon. Yes, and and she was gazed upon by many. Gazed, yes, <laughs> gazed upon by, by many. many. So many. Her cases. and the other and the other readers of the Library of Congress. And, and and there were people down there doing serious research. I bet. I bet they have every book. Yes. yes it's, it's like the modern day Alexandria Library at Alexandria. Right. 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 Yeah. Look at that. Alexandria in Egypt. Look at all these historical references that we burned got going down here. Uh, I forget the year. Oh, I don't know. I forget the year, but it was uh, it was something BC. What a what a what a hit to humanity! The burning yeah. of that library. What we would have known now if that never occurred. And unfortunately, pap- papyrus does burn. Yeah. All right. Pretty well. So on that note, we're going to wrap up the show. This has been the draw. This has next, been the draw. Next week on Monday. We're finishing up the Espinosa 601 Blue Label Maduro. Well, no, we're doing that now. Yeah, Mon- that's what we're doing yes. right now. Monday, we're going to be smoking the Hoya Silver. That will be number 25. So we'll finally be rounding out our list of the top 25 cigars of the year. When Eric Calvino is back, you've been listening to the draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. Thank you, and we will see, see you, you folks. next week.